0: Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm back to host this podcast. Colin, your time. It was something. And now (laughs) it's over. It was a thing. It was a thing. You had your time uh it's great to be back we had a, a snow in april in portland for the first time in 82 years okay let's go e <sighs> not great folks not great it was like 80 degrees on thursday and then we got snow overnight sunday uh classic it's wild times in the world it's wild fair times enough. fair enough uh that's my weather update mike is in minneapolis
1: Man, so many weather updates at work. I just sit back and just soak them in. Yeah. And they're, they're like such boring updates now. Like It's just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cloudy. But uh, the sun looks like it's coming through. Just the worst weather updates. Just <laughs> no excitement in giving them. No excitement in receiving them. Just really going through the motions at this point.
0: Um, I I'm mean, just, it'll get better for you soon. I feel like spring weather updates, when spring finally really springs. Yeah. Those are good updates.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get some, like, what's blooming in the garden kind of updates, which that should be nice. But, I mean, there's there's nothing really that competes with the, the winter weather updates. Um, I'm just thrilled Dan is here. I mean, the reign of Colin, we know he'll be back. It's just a matter of time. But, God, you just really have to live in the moment and just soak up these these dan lead pods when you can get them.
0: It's like... It's like when COVID kind of goes away for a little while and you can see your friends. <laughs> you just like, yep. just appreciate it. We know that we're going to lock back down. We're okay. going out to I'll be, I'll dinner mu- every day this
2: week. I'll, I'll mutate and I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin is in the swamp. Look, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, as I texted you guys before, um, one of my sons, actually both my sons are sick, one getting over, one just coming down with it, um, and I feel like, Dan, you can tell me if this is true, if this is just my kids, but they have two modes when they're sick, sleeping-wise. One, sleep great. <laughs> you're so tired. Just passed out. You're out. You're, they pass out so fast, and then, like, sleep late in the morning. It's a good the mode. Other, it's a good mode. It's a very good mode. The other, wake up every 30 minutes bad or whatever mode. it is. You know, wake up a lot. When they wake up, they're crying. It's, it's a bad mode. And my son was in bad mode last night. So when we were planning to podcast, I said, hey, I might not be here. because We don't know. We don't know the mode, and it might be bad mode. And if it's bad mode, I am not allowed to podcast. There's no way. Uh, But I went out, and I went to the liquor store, and I bought a beer called Lucky Buddha. (laughs) Mm. And it says Lucky Buddha from Lucky Drink Company Productions. Sure hit super special. Enlightened beer. Uh, and on the uh, on the you know six pack case it said, "Good luck, bad luck, you make your own luck." And uh, got good luck tonight. So I'm here, and uh, that's all I can say. We're in good
0: mode. Make that make that good luck. I love it. It's very good. Uh, I saw a tweet. I fu- I sent it to you guys. Uh, there was a player in the Mexican League who. Struck a, a nice finish. It was described in the tweet as a golazo. I, I would call it a excited. banger.
2: I know you didn't like calling it a golazo.
1: It was a banger, though. I'm calling it a golazo, and so is the commentator. Immediately, so, right out of his mouth, golazo. I mean, it would have
2: been funnier if he was speaking Spanish and then went
0: banger. <laughs> Uber howitzer. That just um,
1: <laughs> one of my favorite uh, adjectives to describe a player in soccer is when Spanish speaking players are called, or a a player is called by a Spanish speaking commentator is called a crack. I don't know if that comes from anything. I don't know the origin of it at all, but it definitely doesn't feel natural. It feels like something that was adopted from, from English, English. And I, yeah, yeah. I love it. I just absolutely love it.
0: Uh, the, a lot of Portland Timbers players are Argentinian and call everything crack on their <laughs> social medias. Uh, so it's, I, made me uncomfortable at first. I thought it was maybe drug-related. I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> uh, it, it kind of stu- we had a player that was very drug-related for a while, and it kind of popped up at around the same time, so I mm-hmm. wondered if there was a relationship, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that's a funny one. crack. Uh, so this guy scores a, quote unquote, "golazzo," uh, and celebrates his team is down a man, by the way. Ten man scores this, this goal. No celebrates more game. by taking off his shirt It's like 84th minute or something like that Nil-nil game He scores the presumptive winner They're down a man He goes to celebrate Takes off his shirt Before he realizes He also is already on a yellow And this will be his second yellow card His team is down to nine men I love it So two questions out of this for me The first question I didn't think it was a Galazzo What does Galazzo really mean to you, Mike? What is it? What are you looking for in a goal minimum bar to be a Galazzo? I mean,
1: I, first of all, I want to say this is I, this is it's it's a feeling. It's a feeling more than anything of
0: okay when okay. you see
1: a goal, how it makes you feel. Um, this feeling is often uh, it's often aroused in me when I see a goal from far away, when I see a goal hit with a lot of speed when I see a, an irregular type goal. Um, but it can be any any manner of goals can be a Galasso. Um, and for me, this one was because it was outside of the box and it was uh-huh. basically upper 90. Uh, and it was hit with a good amount of pace. And um, it's just, I loved it. But, you know, you can have a, a Giroud, like Scorpion type kick. That's a Galasso mm-hmm. for sure. You can have a thumping header, potentially, be a Galasso. Um, you can have a slaloming run. You know, there's just there's just a lot a lot of ways to do it. There's more than one way to score a Galasso.
0: Is a, is a Galasso any different than just being, saying basically, like, that's a great goal. Wow, that was a great goal. M- Colin.
2: Uh, so first of all, I would say... The thing that makes me know it's a go lasso is if I have to shake my hand like this, like my hand is hot. It's oh, like, like the, the, the snapping <laughs> the little thing. The snapping that, hand like, thing. You're like,
0: ooh. The international kids do in college. Yes. Yep.
2: Yeah. 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 That's, okay, that's how, how you know. Um, but I would agree with the part of Mike's where he said it's an irregular goal. That is what does it for me. Aryan and Robin cutting inside and putting it in the top corner is very impressive. It's a very good goal. But we know it's You've coming. Seen it. You've we know seen it's it. coming. It's a great goal. Hit we we know what you're doing. You don't have to describe. It doesn't take you a minute and a half to describe what happened. But if you have to be like describe to someone the Giroud scorpion kick goal, who's never seen it, you'd be like, well just go watch it or like pull it up on Twitter. Because okay, wait, quick really quick,
1: quick question: What if um, Harry Maguire scores a Arjen Robin goal? Is that is that a goloso?
2: Yes, 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 one hundred percent. Yes, it is. That would be so sick. <laughs> yes, we would talk about that all week. Like, that would yes, 100%. Um, and from that perspective, like, yes, a header could be a golasso, whatever, a slaloming run, all those things, but not just the same one. Like, it has to be a little bit something special. And so because of that, more often than not, it involves a couple touches. It involves a couple... Uh, like how he gets okay. there to how he gets there to twenty five yards away when he, you know, buries it. Um, yeah. So like I'm thinking about like, uh, Deli Ali had at his peak a couple where he like flicked it to himself and turned and 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 scored. And this one had a little bit of that, but kind of in a less impressive way. But those to me are 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 golosos.
0: But is it any different than a gr- like? And hey, that was a great goal. Is a golazo a step above like? So that it's, was a it's, great a, goal. it's
1: a subset, I would say. If there's like a pyramid of, of goals, there's like, yeah. you know, regular goal at the bottom, nice goal, good goal, great goal. Golasso is either at the very top or the set. Maybe there's a subset of, you know, Golasso's even above, above that. Above we don't Galato. have the language
0: to describe them, but you know them when you see them. I, I submit that we do. I think the top is a worldie.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: right. I
1: think "worldy" is just English for "galasso." Oh yeah, um, "galasso" is just be. a could better be. word for "worldy." Yeah,
0: could be. Yeah.
2: But either way, I, right. I I agree that there is a subset of galassos, which you I've, we've already described a bunch of them. You can call. You've seen this goal before, so I'm just going to tell you the player's name, maybe who they scored it against, something yeah. like that. Uh, Rooney Bicycle against Man City, right? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking you about. Know. You can picture yeah. it in your head. Yeah. Like, boom. Those goals are a subset of Galassos. Not all Galassos become a, you know, one of oh, their you're own descriptors. You're saying
1: the
0: descriptors are better.
2: No, I'm saying if I can do that with it, that means it's in a subset above Galassos.
0: Like if it's a reference for a goal that's later scored. Like, oh, okay. did you see yes, that goal this exactly. weekend? It, it, was it was a Rooney Man it, City bike. But it
2: was like, it was a Rooney Man City bike, but it was better because he didn't shin it.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sure. It was like uh, Ronaldinho versus Dave, over David Seaman's head, but from the other direction, from the left instead of from the
0: right. Does uh, consequence or time during the game have anything to do with it, or is it purely the goal on its own merit? If it's in stoppage time in the World Cup final, is there a lower bar to be a Galazzo? I think these are different, these are different things. It's like judging,
1: you know, art, and there's, there's, like, I don't know. I don't know anything about art, but I imagine there's different ways you can judge art. And it's, no, you know, there's
0: only the one correct way. Okay. Well, like I said, it's like art, but it's, it's not binary.
1: <laughs> but like, you know, like the, the Sergio Aguero goal to win city, the title, that was not a goloso. That was just like a, an incredible timed goal. Uh, but the fact that it was so meaningful doesn't elevate it into the, the realm of fine
0: art. Yeah, I agree. It's
1: just the, paint, been- it's just a painting that you can buy at your local
0: art store. That's really just an NFT. It's wor- a worthless <laughs> piece of nothing. Uh, That's the right. It's It's worth a lot, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah, good yeah. looking. Yeah, I just I I also needed. like an yeah. NFT. It's a it's a fungible <laughs> token. It's very fungible. Uh, a second part of the question from this uh, this thing: Say you have a teammate who gets a second yellow for scoring, a, you know, a great goal, whether or not it's a Golazo. Are you upset at that teammate or do you kind of love him for it? Because I think maybe this guy, I mean, I have no idea like who this guy was, whatever, but could be a lovable idiot moment. And I kind of like it. It's definitely a lovable idiot moment for me.
2: <laughs> uh, you're, you get to be mad at him for like seven minutes. Like it's the 84th minute. And you're yep. like, fucking, the dude is such a fucking idiot, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You don't have time to think about it though, you just have to play. And maybe you're mad, but you're playing. And then you win the game. They won, they won this game. They won it. Yep. Uh, and then you're like, oh, it's all good. You scored that fucking banger. That was awesome. You're, you're a you crazy you're son of a bitch. You're such a dummy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that guy's guy the man.
1: Yeah. It's just legendary, legendary stuff for me, as, as long as you win. And also, like, this was, I'm pretty sure, just a regular season game. So stakes are not as high than, like, a a cup yeah, final yeah. or something.
2: Yeah. They'd come out with the draw, like playing with 10 men, like, and they'd, they'd on like, okay, fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. I was very intrigued by this whole situation. So funny to me. Uh, when I so so funny. my
2: favorite part, which I already texted, but I, I have to mention, cause I loved it so much was that he runs over to the subs bench to celebrate. And at that point he's still like happy and clearly, they're all like, what are you doing taking your shirt off? You lovable idiot. <laughs> you lovable idiot. <laughs> they have to, like, tell him. And then they circle around him, and he covertly yeah. puts his shirt back on, which is amazing. He still has a shirt in his hand. Like, that's good luck. But I just love the idea of then anyone on the team protesting, including him, protesting to the ref, like, what are you talking about? I had my shirt on this whole time. Are you, <laughs> you're not seeing this? It must have been another guy. I, me, no, no, shirt. I'm a shirt-wearing guy. Look at this shirt.
1: We really and, and all this, all this ridiculous, you know, rule changing and VAR that's happened over the last few years. We need to start a movement to get to get it. So if you take your shirt off, that's not a yellow card. It's yeah, just, I agree. It's, it's the joy. The worst why, rule why in sports. Joy? And it's just the most classic way to celebrate a goal. It's not like some newfangled thing that people just started doing. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> who started?
2: Who's the, who the original? You know, a person who can't keep their shirt on. J.R. Smith? I
0: don't know. No, so. this I mean, even predates he's, him.
2: <laughs> he's a
0: worldie of a non-shirt <laughs> wearer, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's up
2: that's there on the
0: Mount Rushmore, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. Mike, we got some emails this week. Uh, I thought maybe, maybe Colin covers the first one. I'll Colin, do you want to
1: you me, do the first email?
0: Um. I
2: honestly don't even have the
1: um, run right. I mean, you, 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 you order you, up, but I
2: can talk about it anyway. Uh, so the first email we got this week was an invitation. Um, we love receiving invitations. Um, whether we're going to make it to them or not, we want to be invited because, you know, we're petty like that. Um,
0: yeah, very petty.
2: So the, apparently the largest gentleman's club in the world, I believe it's called Sapphire. Uh, in Las Vegas, sent us an invitation to come have a live podcast there uh, next weekend. Uh, I think it's next weekend um, for the NFL draft. They said, hey, we'll play for your food and drinks. You guys just got to come have a podcast here. You know, maybe they don't realize that we're a soccer podcast, not an NFL podcast. Maybe they just think it's all you know, football. It's all football. Are,
0: are we a soccer podcast even? I don't know. I don't know.
2: Maybe, maybe not.
0: Wait till they find out we're a French fry podcast.
2: (laughs) 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 Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they just want to spice it up a little bit with a French fry podcast. I don't know. But uh, I don't know if we're going to be taking them up on this invitation or not. But we really appreciate being invited. So, you know, if there are other invitations that could be coming our way out there for places we could do a live podcast, um, Gentleman's Club or not, you know, we are interested.
1: Can you imagine us just showing up? Somehow, somehow this happens and we show up and it's NFL yeah. draft day. Yeah. And there's a long line of podcasters doing podcasts about the NFL draft. Yep. And then we just come in and are talking about French
0: fries and the occasional <laughs> soccer thing and flags,
1: flags, uh, weather, flags,
0: yeah. Skiing, geography, but we're like mad about it because we know that Mike's going to know the most about it. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. European I mean, capitals. I can only imagine the look the look on their faces when they realize how we've hoodw- hoodwicked them into <laughs> allowing us the podcast into and their establishment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> into, into $5 worth of
1: liquids. <laughs> oh, this is going to be, a long, yeah, a, long, it's gonna be long, a long, long podcast long if there's free drinks
0: available. Uh, amazing. Amazing. So it's actually not next weekend. It's April 28th for all, all right, you. Uh, so, so you're saying you know, there's a chance. Big NFL fans. Yeah, I I told my wife that we had this invite, and um, she thought for free food and drinks it might be worth the trip. So, uh, you know, that wasn't what I was expecting, but it's on the table. I'm pretty sure
1: Palmer couldn't attend today's podcast because he's setting up the GoFundMe, so watch for that (laughs)
2: on the Twitter. I think you're uh, you gonna say Palmer's like has gotten on a bicycle and will be there in 17 <laughs> days. <laughs> it's, it's
0: like the speed project. He's running. Uh, only Colin out of anyone I got that, that reference will understand got that, that reference. Yeah. Well done. Good job.
1: No idea what that uh, means.
0: My brother might also if he happens to listen. Uh, the NFL Draft Show hosted by Terrell Owens. Will he sit on the pod with us and would he have a good time? Oh would my Would we God. know what to do with with To?
2: Oh man. All I can tell you about To is To is the kind of guy who's definitely wearing sunglasses in the strip club. Like he's just wearing—he's a sunglasses at all times kind of guy.
1: I think it, it just ends up being ninety-five minutes on Green Bay Packers mooning incident between the two of you and To. <laughs> Wasn't that him?
2: Uh, no, that's Randy Moss. That's Randy Moss. Uh-oh. Yeah,
0: crap. But we can still talk about it. We I can still talk about it. To had a big the catch, sharpie.
2: Big catch against us. Uh in the beginning of his career, we kind of like launched his career in a way. With the Eagles? No, with the Niners uh, in the playoffs uh, before we went. No, maybe after we went to the Super Bowl, maybe like '98, '99. Jeff Garcia, To. Yeah, yeah. This is
1: this is the kind of great content our listeners can expect in two weeks. We can do
0: we can do this for two hours <laughs> while we're getting free chicken wings. I That's mean, with To, sure, yeah. <laughs> He'll remember. Prop, maybe. Maybe. Would be incredible. Uh, he's yeah. he's making a comeback incredible. right now, by the way. I don't know if you know this,
2: but he's like 48 years old, and he's going to be playing in the fan-controlled football league, which <laughs> is a seven-on-seven uh, oh league. God. Johnny Manziel is set to be his quarterback. Uh, <clears> T.O., <throat> man. he's he, he said that he has not retired from the NFL. Just no one will give him a contract. He's you know, puts himself same, in the same, same with me, baby. Same with he's Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Yeah. Uh,
0: I bet the fan controlled football league allows you to take off your shirt when you score. Uh, <laughs> that feels like, yeah, feels like you can do that. I would hope so. Tio probably uh, does. I mean, he's probably still at 48 has just a 12 oh pack. Yeah. I tell you what, his suit fits him real well in this picture that they included in the email. <laughs> uh, so we'll see everybody at Sapphire gentlemen's club in Las Vegas. On April twenty eighth, can't wait to see you there. Seventy five dollars at the door for all of you people that aren't getting free <laughs> oh drinks. My God, seventy five dollars!
1: <laughs> oh, wow! All right, one more email here. One more email. This one from a, a more typical emailer, Scott Pettish. He says we've seen two incredible volley goals this season. Which one was better, Dimitri Payet's upper ninety blast or Thiago Alcantara's daisy cutter? Before I go into Scott's answers, Colin, I know, I know how you feel. Dan, what's your pick?
0: I, oh, it's so hard. I love the Payette goal because he strikes it so easily. I don't remember if I texted about this or not, but uh, it was my overwhelming, like, it. I mean, it's a rocket. He hits it so perfectly. There is so much power in the ball. But the way that he strikes it is so easy. Like it's just perfect contact. He doesn't. Yeah. It looks force like he's it. not even There's swinging. No, oh, God. It's just so easy. It's beautiful. It makes me so happy. Um, and I think I like that more than the did it or did it not bounce as it's rising of Alcantara's. So I'm going to take Payette's. Colin?
2: I mean, uh, Dan is not wrong very often, but he's wrong right here. The Alcantara goal is like you, is the definition of a golasso to me. You do not see strikes like that. You just, that is a volley that is incomparable. Tell me about the other volley where he hit it, and then it almost hit the ground, and then it started rising up. Because it, like, it, it doesn't exist. Like That is such a one-in-a-million or one-in-the-lifetime-of-soccer goal. The Payet goal is very good, but Dimitri Payet has probably scored that goal before. Like it was, you know, he's standing there at the edge of the box on a corner kick routine because he scores that goal. It's great. He is a great player. It's a great goal, but the Tiago goal is the Tiago goal. Like it's it's going to be a one namer Whereas the Payet goal is amongst many great Dimitri Payet goals.
1: See, okay, so Colin, you said Dan is is not usually wrong, and you're right because he's not wrong here because the Payette goal oh, is my goodness. Is oh better. my goodness! And let me tell podcast. you why. I I recently watched the movie Coda, and there was some talk. Uh, every time I watch a movie, basically, then I just go on the Wikipedia page, as you might expect, and read about it. <laughs> and oftentimes, <laughs> well, you know, read an article about what did people think about this movie because I don't know how to think. I have to have people tell me what to think. Sure. And yeah. Uh, this is not a spoiler, but the movie Coda is, is kind of criticized, or not criticized, but just noted as being very uh, like fan pleasing. It's a very fan pleasing goal or uh, movie. And that's how the Payette goal is it's just, it's easy to understand. The ball gets crossed to him very hard. He's 30 yards out. He swings at it and hits it on an absolute frozen rope into the upper 90. And you just watch it immediately and you're like, wow, what a phenomenal goal. Fan pleasing, and Tiago's goal—that you know—that's like some other art house movie where you have to watch it a few times, and even after you've watched it a few times, you're like, "Wow, there, there's something here," and I, I recognize it's special. Maybe I just can't put my finger on it. I like it, but I don't know. Do I want to watch it 50 times? I'm yes. I'm just not sure. Remember, where, <laughs> remember
2: where that slow mo that it was set to some song where it was uh, the Tiago goal.
1: Ah, oh. I mean. I think it's nice, but I think the fact that you have to watch it like 50 times, and even after 50, you're like, I'm pretty sure it didn't hit the grass, but maybe, maybe it did. And if it did hit the grass, you're like, actually, it's not that good. The pie goal, you just look at it and you're like, fucking incredible.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, it's, agree to disagree. I like art. Right, what can I say? I'm a complex man.
1: You know me. Well. So is Scott because he also liked the Thiago goal. He says, because it's the style of strike you see less commonly. This is very much from the Colin Smith school of yeah. goal evaluation. And I still yeah. find myself wondering if the ball kisses the ground or not before it rises again.
0: I, I love the idea that Scott is like riding his bike to work and he's like, I just can't
1: <laughs> get it off my head. <laughs> like eight, eight months later, <laughs>
0: <laughs> does
1: it it's or just, does it not? Just, he's waking up in cold sweats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, honestly, he's like, I got a couple minutes.
2: I'm just going to put that Tiago goal on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's doing like his, his dissertation. He's like, got on slow-mo explaining it to the kids. It's like, look right here. You just can't tell. Yep. Um, both, both
1: incredible goals though. But, um, man, this, this had me, uh, pull up the wiki page on Dimitri Payet. Just what a fascinating, fascinating player. Um, He has won two club or team competitions in his playing career. And I bet you can't name them.
0: Oh, all right. I got to be careful. I just pulled up his Wikipedia. I didn't look.
2: Uh, Well, one is the Premier League.
0: No, that's very much wrong. He's
1: never won the Premier League. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. No one's ever going to get this. It's the Coupe de la Reunion where he's from. uh, He's won it twice In 2004 and 2005 He's from Reunion Yeah Which I also I like One thing that I just love Is uh, Is like Famous people Going back to their Their small little town And I feel like I just imagine him Like every summer Just like Yeah I'm gonna go back home For like a month Just kind of hang out And it, I just It's just like A little island In the middle of the Indian Ocean Just a great place to get away It just Seems great Seems we've got
0: a uh, an ultra marathon held there annually. Just for more <laughs> ultra marathon content on the pod this week. Uh, uh, I was gonna say, that's d- how I know about the place. <laughs>
2: Dimitri Payet also uh, his game, especially now that he's older, strikes me as like he will still be doing this at forty five years old in the local Sunday league in Réunion, like, and he'll just be fucking crushing those volleys still, and then just walking around and.
0: Like loving just life, absolutely, just loving life. Like just hanging out, twenty-five yards from goal. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Like just spot it up, and, I mean, he'll,
2: and he'll score four goals, a league, like four goals
1: a game in that league. Like, yeah, he's he's thirty-five. Uh, he will be thirty-six this year. I think that's how math works. Maybe no, he already turned thirty-six. Er, er, he already had a birthday this just year, recently. Anyway, he's thirty-five. He's playing in French top league and has ten goals this year. As a you know midfielder striker, like yeah. that's quite quite good. He may uh age well. He may have to delay his return to the reunion Sunday league for a little <laughs> while if he keeps scoring
0: these bangers. I really appreciate Mike that you went to for a more authentic pronunciation halfway through the word there. I, pff, I mean, I I pronounce French like Colin pronounces <laughs> Portuguese. <laughs> you know, you so. only told us one thing that he's won. What's the other one? Oh, he won it twice. He, he won it twice. Oh, he, he won it twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just racking it up. Just Flat I mean, track bully. the thing is, you know, that, you know, he was like
1: 16 to 17. He was pulling up uh, trophies left and right. He's probably like, this is great. I'm going to just be collecting these for the next 20 years. Well,
0: just not dominating. So. Yeah. and so.
1: Anyway, uh, great email from Scott. I mean, this is the kind of soccer email that we can actually talk about uh, with some authority. Anything it's beyond true. this is really outside of our expertise. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. If you want to send us um, funds so that we can go to Vegas, send those to Dan's Venmo. Search Dan on Venmo and
0: you'll find <laughs> Just him. Dan. Just search Just, Dan. There. I think I have a picture of a shrimp on my Venmo, so there you'll you find me that way. So, in things that we have no authority to talk about, the Premier League this week. Uh, Premier League, maybe we'll talk about it. But I'm interested in the Premier League this year, top of the table down, for the first time in what feels like forever. I feel like the, the league, the titles always run away. Or if that's interesting, then, you know, the top four, are clearing away top four. Uh, this, this year, all of the key points, they're interesting. Uh, Premier League, it's really really delivering this year. I like it. Top of the table, Liverpool uh, and Manchester City played this weekend. This was at the Etihad. Uh, 2-2 draw. Just a great game. Really fun. Both teams came out and played their own game, pressing, uh, tried to possess. It was not uh, what you often see when teams play against either of these two teams where they just sit back and try to defend and hold on and get out of the game both of these teams went and played for it it was great uh mike did you see this game uh i saw some extended highlights so i feel
1: take it that's about as good as it's going to be but yeah Uh it was it was i mean it was fun like um yeah just a lot of opportunities just kind of back and forth i mean honestly my favorite part of the game which wasn't even in the highlight packet package but was at the end of the game uh Pep is, is walking away, and then Klopp must be, like, you know, kind of from behind him, like, hey, good good game, uh, Pep, nice job, and Pep just turns around and just gives him, like, the most vicious high five hug combo, and I couldn't tell if it was, like, spiteful or not, because City, City kind of blew the lead here, but I just, it really, to me, kind of epitomized the game of just, like, huge intensity, uh, but also a lot, of, a lot of quality, a lot of quality in the hug and high five, and also on the pitch.
0: You thought that was high quality? It struck me as being just a very cany hug and high five.
1: (laughs) But I mean, that's the thing about
0: like, if you're doing anything at so much
1: speed, it's like, it's just, it's just kind of works.
0: It's just kind of good. Is is you're dedicated to it in the hug and high five category? If you just like the real trouble you get in is when you slow down and think about it. I mean,
1: was there, was there clean contact in the high five?
0: No. There was like definitely some, some palm to
1: wrist action. Was there even clean contact in the hug? I don't don't know, but I still liked it. It was just the intensity of it that I just really enjoyed.
0: (laughs) Really epitomized the whole game. Both teams just going for it and letting those styles uh, come up against each other. Uh, So 2-2 draw. This maintains Manchester City's one-point lead at the top of the table. Uh, Colin, I think you did not see much of this game, so we're not going to talk about much of it. I did see most of this game, but admitted to you guys before we started recording that I could really not remember any of it because uh, that's what my life is like right now. I I can't remember things. So uh, if we don't have other specific things about the game to talk about.
1: Well, the the other thing that I liked, which, again, is not really about soccer, but just Mane on his second goal doing an absolute Barry Sanders celebration of just, like, couldn't care less I don't even think he smiled. He does like point at Salah because the second goal was just an incredible through ball from Salah and then a, a one-touch Mane finish. But God, the more I watch Mane and his mannerisms, the more I just love him. <laughs> I was noticing in the, in the highlight packets, they also show, uh, man, this is like great content. This is great soccer content. Uh, but in when they're getting introduced, the, the players, each player has like two poses. They have like a tough guy pose and then just like a regular pose. And everyone's tough guy pose is them like flexing or like yelling at the camera. And Mane's is just him, two fingers just pointing up and just looking up to, <laughs> to the heavens. And I just love that's his tough guy pose. It's
0: the toughest he can be. <laughs> uh, so Manchester City, one point up with they've both played 31 games, so seven games to play. Um, that's tight. And it gets to the point here where you really got to start looking at the run-in and wondering uh, who's got the advantage. Uh, Colin, what do you think about these run-ins? What sticks out to you?
2: Um, I mean, what sticks out to me is neither is that tough, right? Like, um, City, I don't – yeah, they don't play another top four or even top whatever. The toughest team they play remaining is West Ham. Uh, Yeah. So, I don't know. That's not that tough. And, okay, Liverpool play United, but they're at home for that. And they play Tottenham, but they're at home for that. So, yeah, Liverpool's tougher. But for the most part, these are run-ins where these two teams will be expected to – I mean, they're probably expected to win every game anyway because they're at the top of the league. But <clears throat> very much expected to, to win every game. Heavy favorites to win every game probably. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know – if if City does not win it, it will be a fall-on-your-face, face uh, Gerard slip kind of situation, right? Like, um, it'll be because they lost to Newcastle at home or something, whatever, I right? think. So um, I think that certainly favors City. That being said, City were, what, 14 points up on Liverpool in January, and, like, the betting market on them was, you know, uh, whatever, they were plus or minus 2,000 or whatever, which means they had a 95% chance to win the league or something like that, right? So uh, that has fallen dramatically, obviously, that they're now nearly 50-50 with Liverpool. So they're trending the wrong direction. So I think what you're saying before is true. It sets up beautifully for some, some high drama here, and City may be losing it in something like, you know, losing at home to Newcastle.
0: I mean, to be clear, they've got seven games to play. They're heavy favorites in all of them. But they're also not averaging anywhere close to three points a game. They're a little over two, right? So, like, there will almost certainly be points dropped. And there will be opportunity. So can Liverpool play an outstanding seven games and capitalize on that? Uh, I think it sets up really nicely, yeah.
1: Well, and and the other thing is they've got a lot of games coming up in the next couple months, especially... I mean, one of them will make it to the FA Cup final. So that's another game, even though that'll be the end of the season. And then they're both, I believe, sitting pretty in the Champions League to make it to the yep. next stage. So that's a couple more games. So, I mean, there's just, it's the end of the season. They've got a lot of games packed in. Uh, it just feels like fatigue and just kind of weird things happening uh, is is likely. So, yeah, I might, you know, I might even watch some soccer. <laughs>
0: Uh, So as you mentioned, they've got they play against each other in the FA Cup semifinals this weekend, actually, uh, and could potentially match up in the quarterfinals uh, or in the future of the Champions League this year as well. Uh, This game was so fun. And a a comment Colin made recently about uh, El Clasico games and how they just happen every week at this point in the season every year had me wondering about this matchup. Uh, they will see each other at least a couple times in quick succession. They could see each other even more. Uh, do any of those have the chance of living up to how like fun this game was? Or if you're in a knockout competition, does it just go a different way? And is it a letdown coming off of this game?
2: No, I think I think these are always have been fun. Honestly, I think generally speaking, that matchups at the top of the Premier League, like we have this kind of uh, expectation that they're kind of lame and. You know, usually, if there's a Mourinho team involved, that's correct. Um, but these two have always been good, and it's usually been kind of over the last five years or something. Like Pep's team is slightly superior or is viewed as being superior, but Klopp's team gets the better of him. And and many, the many times it's like because they've been super aggressive and have scored a bunch of goals to do that. And uh, so I think this is like. Uh, a matchup which right now is like at its crescendo or peak or like is just really good it's just really good right now it sets up really well both teams are playing very well both teams are um you know in form and, and healthy and all that kind of good stuff right like liverpool like put out this lineup they put out was i had firmino on the bench who you know is one of their big three guys right like Full, full full-strength teams. And so I think that's really great. I think that's... well, it's a little boring and I'm the person who said, like, I'm tired of seeing some of these teams play a million times at the end of the season, uh, I think this one is one that deserves to be played a bunch.
0: You'd watch them every week? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Mike, other games in the Premier League this weekend of note. uh, Norwich with a 2-0 win over Burnley. Signs of life at Norwich or... Just pulling Burnley down with them. I mean,
1: the Everton bribe bag arrived just in time. Uh, I think it was Norwich's first win in like eight games or something. Uh, and they did it all without Star Striker, Joss Sargent. So, unbelievable I mean, effort! great, great stuff for Everton. Everton really the winners of this weekend and therefore Colin the winner of this weekend. But I mean, Norwich is still seven points uh, behind Everton and Everton has a game in hand. So. They are just literally making up the numbers at this point and just plain spoiler.
0: They won a game in January. I mean, it's April, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there you go. And Everton get a 1-0 win over Manchester United uh, just on the other side of that relegation line. Uh, points, Points I don't think you would have bet on. Colin, for sure points I would not
2: have bet on. I mean, I wouldn't bet on any points for Everton at this point. But uh, I just love it. Like we get, we score on a deflected goal. Looked okay actually. Um, generally speaking, like probably fi- chances go kind of fifty-fifty there a- after that. Uh, after that point in the game, but maybe Everton even having the better chances. My favorite thing is just the, the press around this, especially the English press around this. Has been like. How bad United are that they lose to fucking Everton, who have been so 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 dire. They lost to ever like it's just just incriminating, and they're like get get rid of whatever Ralph Ragnick. Like even on an interim basis, this shows so many deficits and blah blah. blah. And I'm just like, yeah, I gotta agree with that. Like no one else <laughs> gave us that many chances. I don't know why. What you guys are really doing out here? So, um, uh, I fucking love it. I, I mean, I'm just. Just love to see that United pain, and I don't know, as an Everton fan, we got battered for so many years by Sir Alex Ferguson's teams that, uh, you know, beating United still feels good no matter
1: what. Well, and um, isn't Ronaldo in
0: trouble for, like,
2: breaking some kid's phone or something? Yeah, knocked a phone out of
0: somebody's hand. You love to see it. It's a wild move. I mean, he's been a professional so long. Just walk down the tunnel, Siran. What are you doing? I, I mean, I actually, it, it kind
1: of shows like a humanity to him, even in the, the most spoiled bratty kind of way. Uh, but it's that is a non robot move. It is absolutely a non robot move, and you have to respect it. Uh,
0: so like I said earlier, it kind of feels like the first time that there's been interest top, middle, bottom of the table. We didn't really talk about middle, but uh, Arsenal and. Fifth, chasing Tottenham, and fourth. So that's you know the North that's London. That's so spicy.
2: I, that's so good right now. Palmer. That's I so mean,
0: I
1: just want to call out Palmer and and probably all Spurs fans because we always hear when Spurs are just doing so terribly, we get a thousand texts from Palmer about how Spurs are terrible. I think they've won what six out of seven, or they've they've won a lot recently. Uh, they're now up into fourth. Conte, a genius. And when you know when we text Palmer. He just gives us a, a sarcastic, we're going to win the league. And it's, it's really not good enough from him.
2: I couldn't agree more. I could, as, a, as a fan of a team that's actually shit, uh, I couldn't agree more. Like, he compares Spurs to Everton. Like, when Everton plays Spurs and you guys are like, oh, Thread Darby. Like, da, 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 da. It's like, no, like Spurs are way fucking better than we are. And he's like, oh, we'll Spurs it up. No, you guys are a very legitimate team. You'll probably be in the Champions They've won
0: Everton.
1: their last two games by four goals each.
2: Yeah. That's more I mean, goals than
1: Everton has scored all year.
2: <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> I can't you verify
2: gotta, that right now, but you know, it's too close to call.
0: Pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Uh I mean, you guys have been friends with Palmer long enough to know how his sports fandom works. This should not be a surprise. Otherwise, this is not a Yeah. This is not an acute uh issue with Tottenham in the second half of this season. <laughs> it's uh it's much larger than that. Uh so it's great. Uh, Chelsea, look, uh, they came back. They had a bad loss in the midweek, I think, and came back and had a big win in the weekend. Good reaction from them to keep them in third place. They look pretty safe for Europe. Uh, And then West Ham, Manchester United, still chasing uh, in sixth and seventh, just a few points behind Arsenal. So it's interesting. Uh, You know, I like it. I like it. Stuff to be interested in. Anything else on the Premier League? MLS, Colin, your onions are on a roll.
2: Five games in a row for the for the Philadelphia Onions. Uh, just super excited about that. Honestly, um, I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I'm not saying that we're gonna break the points record that New England Revolution set last year, but we're gonna break the points record New England Revolution set last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Who said that's that? that's good. That's good. So no, I'm just. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in, in Philadelphia. I mean, maybe a normal amount of turnover but for MLS, but, you know, Brendan Aronson leaving and some guys getting too old and new strikers. And so Prisbilko now plays for Chicago, whatever. And uh, to, so to see the pieces fitting together well, uh, Jim Curtin, I think, uh, just doing a great job managing um, the onions. And I, I don't know where he goes from here, basically. Like, I don't know what the trajectories are going to be for MLS ma- American MLS managers who do well in MLS. But I think he's going to be the test case for that in a lot of ways. Like he's not a connected guy like red bulls, like uh, the path for right. Jesse Marsh.
1: <laughs> when you say uh, he's not a connected guy, there's definitely some mob references there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he did, he did this on his own,
1: He did this on his own merit. All right. There's <laughs> a uh, lot of discussion yeah. about, you know, people giving him favors, but we just want to say,
0: we don't buy he's any not, that. He's
1: not, it's not how it is.
0: I've, I've, he's not in the city group. He's not in the Red Bull group. I was going to say, he
2: lives in South Philly, uh, right by Cliff. Cliff would know if he's
0: connected. You know what I mean? Uh,
2: <laughs> so,
0: South South Philly, a notoriously unconnected part of town.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when, when, uh, Cliff goes over to Ralph's, he does not hear the name Jim Curtin. He, they don't speak about him, so he's not connected. <laughs> um, anyway, Ralph's is an Italian restaurant. Um, uh, so yeah, I think he, where I don't know where he goes from here. I literally don't understand like what his next move up would be. Like, of course, he could become the national team manager. Is that really you know good for someone's career? I don't know. Like, how do you get you know? I think Bob Bradley probably had the same issue and ended up managing like Egypt and and you know going managers go to like uh, Scandinavia and things like that. Like, I'm not I'm not really sure that's a step up anymore because. The Scandinavian leagues in quality are a step down from MLS. Yeah, maybe more exposure for a manager, but like I just don't know how it plays out. But I think he deserves to be in the you know, talked about in that conversation, even though um, you know, he's younger than or has less career accolades than a lot of guys. I think what he's won at Philadelphia with or you know, the kind of consistent success without ever having a really marquee player at all um, is very
1: impressive. I, I'd i be very curious to know like how much an MLS coach makes versus a coach in a top Scandinavian league. And if it's like worth.
2: Yeah. Maybe worth it's that. Yeah. Never gonna be worth it. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I feel like it might go. Like, I don't know anything about like this kind of coaching circles and how you get a job basically. But. I just don't see him getting a job at like the in the Premier League or a top five league off some success in MLS, but that might be like the only place that pays him more. That could be totally true
0: i I mean Jesse Marsh is doing pretty well at Leeds. I bet that actually helps Jim Curtin in might terms be. of his might. not to be the Premier League. I don't think that opens doors to the Premier yeah. League for other American managers, but like. A mid-table French team or something like that. Like, you could imagine looking at leads, playing in a style that is, you know, a way, whatever, I don't know, not that Curtin manages the same type of style that Jesse Marsh does. But uh, I, it might just kind of open help open doors for him. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a move to a top five league, not a top three league.
2: I'd just be interested to see where he goes, honestly.
0: Yeah. I you mean... It can
1: happen. Yeah. The the current D.C. United coach, he used to be a coach in Belgium, in the Belgian top league. So to me, that's like, all right, we're paying better than those guys. D.C., not exactly like a premier uh, club anymore. It's not like he's coming over, you know, to get in the NYCFC Man City system. He's just coming over for a bigger paycheck probably. So.
0: Live in America. I mean, I think there are reasons that uh, people might come to MLS that are adjacent to the yeah. uh and,
2: and I benefits. think that, I totally think that's why Jim Curtin might just stay in MLS but I think that's kind of like weird to think about right like to think that uh I think we maybe it's just it's just us on the podcast not we as like all of American soccer I think you can Twitter speak for p- all pundits. of American soccer
0: Twitter All right I yeah. will
2: um I've always thought okay well our players You know, go abroad, and eventually, when we get more respect, our coaches will also go abroad or have the opportunity to. Our best ones will, not all of them, but, you know, a few of them will will be really good, like Jesse Marsh. And then, we, you know, because you don't, like, worry or, like, you're not, like, surprised if some coach in the Premier League is Argentinian. Like, that's a good soccer-playing nation, so, of course, they have good managers. Um, But it might be the case that our domestic league and the pay structure and the visibility like, lend itself to our best managers staying home. Like, that might just be a harder path to, you know, without, unless they play abroad and stay abroad, like, uh, Chirindolo was doing for a while, although he's back now. He's back, um, yeah. I, I think that so, we might not see it.
0: Th- so, then does he stay in Philadelphia a long? T- I mean, does that really mean then he, like, he does a Greg Vanny and has success somewhere and ends up at LA Galaxy or, you know, maybe Atlanta United or wherever else, like, a marquee. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And same I way
2: mean, Greg. Greg is a good example, right? Like, he was good, really good in Toronto, kind of like a hot name for a while, and then had a couple of bad seasons, and they kind of moved on from him. But, everyone, but other teams were like, yeah, he's a good manager. We scoop him right up. And right. he probably got a pay raise, so...
0: Mike, was something to add? You tried
1: to say something there? I mean, it just... Yeah, I can't imagine him staying at Philly for, like, the next 30 years. Something will happen. But I don't know. I also think, like, you know, these guys are super, super competitive. And also, um, you know, coaches, there's just a certain amount of shelf life, I think, especially in the modern coaching. There's just, like, so much analysis um, that a lot of guys seem like they kind of burn out. Um, So I, I feel like, you know... If he continues to do well, at some point, uh, if the opportunity comes, he will want to go to another league just to challenge himself. Just a matter of is that like a top five league, or does he end up in like Scotland or something just
0: because that's the chance he gets and he wants to go somewhere else? It's a good point. H- their mindset is probably not that different than a player's mindset, where they watch the Champions League in the midweek and they want to go coach in Europe. Yeah, right? and, like and the and like I'm sure they just you know.
1: He's watching coaches in other leagues and just like, these guys aren't very good. Like, why are these guys not attacking this, you know, weakness in this team that I can see on TV? What are these idiots doing? So,
0: yeah, be interesting to see what he does. Uh, Interesting to see how the union's season continues to progress. Uh, As Colin points out, Revs fan one uh, really quiet on the emails this year. Uh, That rebrand not doing everything that they wanted it to do for them.
2: The silence is deafening.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, In the battle of rebrands, New England really losing. Although, who else rebranded? Like Montreal, Chicago, uh, Columbus? Was that this year? That was a while ago. Yeah. Chicago spent
2: a lot of money. They are, well, you know, it's early. It's early doors, but they're mid-table.
0: Mid-table is the, uh, 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 I can't think of his name. Shakiri, Shakira. He, he, Shakiri. he came CM. off
1: the last game or maybe two games ago injured, so I think he's out for a little bit.
2: He had been playing all right though.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. Didn't even know he had made it to these shores yet. <laughs> uh, I. We don't talk about the Timbers very much uh, in general, but also recently because they're just in absolute shambles in the front office. But I think it's worth bringing this up because it's just like it's come to a head in some ways they've the timbers have uh had a manager uh that was abusing players uh, five to seven to eight years ago and kind of covered that up allegedly uh although amazingly you guys oh no this was a different uh A different report. Uh, Then they had a player last year who had a domestic violence uh, call against him uh, by his uh, wife at the time, or a strange wife, something like that. They covered that up as well. There was a league investigation uh, conducted by a quote-unquote third party who on their website says that they've partnered with the MLS for the last 20 years on various projects. Uh, This uh, law firm found the Timbers to not have been at fault about covering up uh, the domestic abuse by their player last season. Uh, So all of this is like, it's just the front office. I mean, they had the uh, Iron Front thing a couple years ago. They've been absolutely stepping in it at every possible turn for several years. And they bring it all to a head very recently. A national anthem singer shows up to the stadium in a T-shirt that says, You Knew which is one of the like, slogans that the Timbers Army is using to um, tell Merritt Paulson that he's been covering things up. He knew about this stuff. He's pretending he didn't know or he's saying he was, he's not culpable for it. But, but you knew. You knew. You should have been doing more. If you were a good person, you would have done more because you knew. right? So the national anthem uh, singer shows up in the stadium wearing a You Knew t-shirt. And the uh, general manager or director of business or something, some, some front office suit for the Timbers, calls the 27-year-old national anthem singer's dad to try to get the dad to make this grown-ass woman take off a shirt that the club didn't like. And the dad calls her up and says, like, uh, this guy's calling me. They're, like, friends from some business thing in town or something. Uh, And that's the first she hears of it. The club does not even come down and talk to the singer. They finally do. They tell her, you know, no pressure, no pressure, even though they just had her dad come and tell, uh, you know, call her and tell her maybe she should take off the shirt. No pressure, we just want you to let you know where we are. Uh, You know, we'll continue to ask you back to sing national anthems. No pressure, but we'd prefer if you take off the shirt. She goes out and sings. The story breaks that this, like, no pressure, we called your dad, all this happens. Uh, I don't think anyone really would have noticed that she was wearing this shirt, except that the club tried to like strong arm her into taking it off. Uh, just an absolute, is it the, uh, Barbara Streisand effect? Is that what the name of that thing is? Where, uh, a, th- a thing is not a thing until you try to not make it a thing. And then oh, it becomes yeah, a yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, just absolutely stepping in it, absolutely. Like, I mean, they're client. Like, we told her there was no pressure. Like, you don't understand power dynamics. Yeah. Of course, you don't as- understand domestic abuse. Then, right? Like, you like, just this club, man. This club, the front office. Sorry, this has been three minutes of just, not good guys. No, they're not good guys, man. Just and just such a case in point of not getting it. They they call a twenty seven year old woman's dad to try to get her to take off a shirt. That she's wearing, like, what do you, it's, God, guys, it's so bad. I mean, to to
1: be fair to the Timbers, Merritt Paulson, as far as I can tell, has really. be
0: fair to the Timbers, yeah.
1: He's never really done anything other than be the son of a rich person. Uh, And I'm sure he does a lot of what his dad tells him to do. So this is just how he understands (laughs) things getting done. Is just, oh, if you call someone's father, then the person will do what you want, because that's what I've done my whole life. So, so
0: That's how people get me to do things. And oh, yeah. I
1: mean, it's worked out well for him. He's now, you know, owns a soccer team. So, you know, that's uh, a patriarchy for it. you.
0: He's just the CEO or something. Oh, really?
1: Good for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, just like a absolutely shambolic, disgusting situation.
0: Yeah, it's shambolic. It's hard. I guess we've kind of talked about this and Palmer isn't here to like help me out or add anything insightful. But, uh, you know, I love the. The Timbers, like I love soccer and I love hometown soccer, but I hate the current stewards of this club. Yeah, but you I like, still like the players. Wow, well, you like, go- so, like you like the players? Mm. Sure, I like. The fl- I mean, not the guy lives. that was beating us. I- yeah.
2: So, but my point is, the players are just guys, right? They're not uh, exceptionally nice. Yeah, I don't people. hate them. Yeah. I like yeah. cheering for them. Yeah, yeah, right, but they're not like uh,
0: they're not saints. They're, yeah, they're not any different than any other group of players. Uh, I mean, Diego Valeri left. So you're right. What's left is just a, a random group of guys, a random group of guys, but you like the fans, you like the other fans and the atmosphere they create and, sure. and
2: sure. all that. Right. Uh, but it does like leave the question of like, what are you rooting for? Like you're, you're supporting something that is a, uh, investment on behalf of these rich guys who you don't like. You're rooting right. for their investment. You're putting money in their pockets. Um, and so are a bunch of other people you like going to games with. And so, like, you know, is that a good... It's a conflicted situation. Obviously, there's no right or wrong answer. But, like, is that a good idea or not a good idea? I don't know. But, like, from a uh, third-party perspective, it's quite easy to hate you right now. It's quite easy to not be a Timbers fan. Like, you yeah. guys are bad guys. Oh, yeah. it's, it's quite yeah. clear. You keep t- showing us that you're bad guys.
1: So, uh, yeah. I, I do think, I mean... The Timbers are definitely as an organization institution bad, bad. There's nothing to defend there. I also don't have any reason to believe that any other organization would have handled it any differently, which isn't a defense of the Timbers. It's just like to I think to Collins point, uh, you know, all of any club of any size in world football is basically just an investment tool for some rich person or a group of rich people who more often than not, don't have a huge connection to the club, or if they do, it's trumped by their financial interest, And so, you know, their motivations are to not do anything against their financial interests, which often results in just like this heinous behavior. And again, that's not to defend the Timbers. They should not be defended at all. What they've done is terrible. I just, like, as a, as a sports fan, as a soccer fan, it it puts the fans in a, precarious position no matter who you root for it's not like din you could say well fuck this i'm not going to root for the timbers anymore i'm going to root for club x and unless you choose to really go for the grassroots um you're just you know going from one shitty situation to another situation that maybe doesn't look as shitty right now but has a strong potential to become very shitty at any point
2: when russia invades ukraine like then all of a sudden chelsea we went from averagely shitty like oh we just have a you know, a super rich billionaire owner to.
0: Oh yeah, no no no. Like Oh no, that's bad. That's that's really bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know the like other super rich owners, Manchester City, PSG, like people still go to those games. We don't really think of them as like people who are paying money into the pockets of and yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to defend the fact that I'm still a season ticket holder and going to the games exactly but you look around and like you know Newcastle's supporters hated Mike Ashley but a lot of them went to the stadium to show their hatred yeah well, uh, and, it, and it's also yeah.
1: like if you actually want to change your club or get them to do better stuff is it better to protest or is it better to keep one foot in the door and have a stake that way. Again, I don't think there's a good answer cuz neither of those things have shown to work. Um but yeah, it's not like, oh, well, if we could just get everyone to protest and not go to games anymore, like things will be better. Like I mean, I don't know.
0: I mean, we have been protesting in the games and right. it doesn't get better. Right. It doesn't get better. Um the the th- the big dream is that I don't know exactly why this person has been chosen as the person that should come and save us, uh, but Dolly Parton should buy the timber. That's, <laughs> like, that's like the uh, undercurrent on Twitter. You know, like we need a, an angel investor, and it should be Dolly Parton because she's perfect. Uh, so there's, that's the dream. People continue to tweet at Dolly Parton and let her know. I would support that. Uh, that's a good call for
2: a person who would, who is you know fairly perfect. Yeah, more or less yeah. perfect.
0: More or less, as, as close as any you know whatever billionaire could be, I suppose. Uh Anything else, MLS? I had to, I had to vent that. I didn't want to uh get it out, Dan. Get it out. Yeah, man, it's hard to talk about that. If we
1: can't vent on our little podcast, where can we vent?
0: Uh, yeah, more, more on the same podcast in Las Vegas in two and a half weeks. <laughs> Uh, Colin, you've got a Colin's Classroom Corner this week. Yeah, it's, welcome, back. Welcome, wow. it's back.
2: Welcome back to the Classroom Corner. I think we took about 200 episodes off. I think that's not an exaggeration. Uh, it's, it's probably, probably been, close. It's probably been about four years since we've done one of these. Um, so, yeah, I just I wanted more content on the podcast this week. I thought this was a way to do it. And then I ran into something that oh, just really struck my fancy. So I'm excited about it. So I'm so excited about too. this. MLS... You know, I don't. How was going to say MLS is back, but that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> MLS is in our lives again, and I'm. I have to be excited about that. I, the onions are doing well, and I looked up and down the table and I thought, there's a lot of teams here that like. Uh, I don't want to say I don't recognize. I recognize completely, but like I don't know what their vibe is, right? Um, are Austin FC a team that's going to be good or bad? Like, oh, Cincinnati, we we found them out they're, they're a bad one
0: They're bad Enter Miami <laughs> We
2: got their vibe Right But like Austin FC I don't know their vibe Charlotte Don't know their vibe So I'm looking at Charlotte I want to know more about The history of soccer In Charlotte Like what is the Soccer culture there I'm not a person okay. Who's lived in North Carolina
1: I did not see this coming
2: So I looked into Charlotte And you know Because I'm like Are these guys Like a USL team That's come up Or you know what I mean Like the Timbers I think no is the answer? Yeah. I mean, I think no is the answer as well. No one's like the Timbers. Yeah, no one's like the Timbers, thank God. Um, For lots of reasons now. But the Charlotte area has historically been home to several lower division soccer teams, dating back to a team with one of the best names in American soccer history, the Carolina Lightning. I'll say that again. Lightning. There is no G (laughs) at the end of that. Lightning. That is so Is good. there an apostrophe? There or is, or is an apostrophe. There is oh, an apostrophe. <laughs> the Carolina Lightning in the early 1980s. So, yeah, part of the American Soccer League. Uh, averaged 6,000 people a game. Got up to 20,000 for uh, a match against New York United. I mean, New York United, who is that? Uh, but, yeah, the Lightning uh, won the American Soccer League. Um, and then you know their greatest uh, or one of their uh you know lightning legends if you will <laughs> is is dave, is everton academy product dave power which just mm. i love everything about that everton yeah. you know if i can say everton academy product on a podcast i'm happy already uh but then dave power fantastic name that's a golasso mm-hmm. of a name uh, Is
0: he a, a Liverpudlian? Dave doesn't feel yeah, like a Liverpudlian yeah, name Liverpudlian,
2: to me. Liverpudlian, Liverpudlian, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, not a guy who had a career in England and then came over. Like, didn't have a career in in English soccer. Yeah, yeah. just moved to to America. Found they played soccer here. Played for New York <laughs> like, Apollo. I'm
1: pretty good over here. I'm
2: pretty good over here. Yeah, played for oh. New York Apollo and then Carolina Lightning. Uh, then the Rowdies, Rowdies Indoor, but was both a uh, champion uh, for the Lightning as a player and later as a manager. Like, that's just so good. That's really prime. A, a real legend. You really want to talk about, like, 1980s soccer, too. Like, an English guy who plays and then manages your team. Like, you know, English managers, I feel like. And that's, there's a certain era of American soccer where, like, uh, credibility was tied to the English accent.
0: Just an accent. Yeah, Absolutely. and I feel
2: like Dave, with the thick Liverpool accent, probably in Carolina, really stood out, and they were like, this guy, <laughs> this guy knows He's soccer. He's a soccer manager. He manages the Lightning. He's he a manages lad. the Lightning, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, he also served as director of the Tampa Bay Rowdy Summer Camp for a while, which is called Camp Kicking the Grass, which <laughs> is also just... A, the kind of fact that
0: we really bring to the corner. So uh, that, is that a is that a children's camp? That's a little uh yes. a little racy. Yeah. Wow. There you a lot go. of parents have to explain that joke to their kids or they just pretend the joke isn't there, probably I think
2: it's like one of those, like in uh, yeah. you know, in your Shreks and uh, Cars movies where the joke goes over the kids' head.
0: Yep. Yep. That's uh wow. Dave. Dave from Liverpool. There you go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Lightning. That's beautiful. Lightning.
1: <laughs> can we can we just spare a moment for the the Lightning Stadium, which is the American Legion Memorial Stadium, which just feels like every soccer game in America before like the nineteen nineties was played in an American Legion stadium somewhere. If it's only like temporarily. temporarily. It was like the, the Air Force One of stadiums. Like anytime there's a semi pro soccer game, the stadium name just becomes the American Legion Memorial Stadium.
0: Was that on worldstadiums.net that you just found that, Mike?
1: No, it was on Wikipedia, Dan. Come on.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, very good stuff. Collins. class from Corner. It's back. Maybe one time only. We don't know. You never know with the Corner. You, you never know. You never know with the Can corner. you imagine you the
1: Corner in two weeks when Collins just talks about gentlemen, gentlemen's clubs of Las Vegas history? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really only like the small, like, uh, the small grassroots <laughs> gentlemen's clubs.
0: I was going to say, I have a hard time believing that this one is the largest gentleman club in the world because there's got to be like, there's got to be a Russian gentleman's club. <laughs> like, maybe it's not on the register of, yeah, of largest gentlemen's clubs it's in the world, <laughs> but like, there's got to be one that's...
1: If I you asked me
0: where it was, Vegas,
1: I would... Uh, Vegas is a good guess. feels but, but, right.
2: I think in Russia, they just turn the Russian Legion Memorial Stadium into a
0: gentleman's <laughs> club <laughs> once a year. Or like... It might it might be in Bucharest, you know. <laughs> you just don't know where it is, but there's got to be one. Uh, there you go, there you go. All right, I'm done, guys. You got anything else? That's it. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Thanks, Cliff. <music> Brr, brr, brr.